From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is a podcast of KZYX's local coronavirus update for Monday, January 4th, 2021, with Ukiah ER doctor, Dr. Drew Colfax, and Alicia Bales. Since the pandemic began, Dr. Colfax has done regular live updates for KZYX listeners on the latest news and numbers and answered questions from callers. <laughs> I like Zoom about the pandemic. It's nice to be able to see people when we're doing these interviews. Um, usually we'll start out the local coronavirus update with the numbers. Do you have them? I have them. Um, let's start with, the, okay, with the county dashboard today. Um, it looks like we have... Uh, 267 active cases in the county. I know there were um, 15 cases reported yesterday. Uh, Very sad news of three deaths reported over the weekend, bringing our death total for the county to 30, which is uh, an unsettling number for sure. We have currently 12 total hospitalizations, and three of those are in the ICU. Um, And currently in quarantine, 266 people in Mendocino County, uh, bringing our daily positive case rate up to 25.71, 25 cases a day. And our positivity rate is at 5.87%. We also have for the state of California, in the last day, we added 35,915 cases with an additional 93 fatalities today and 21,510 people hospitalized, bringing our total in California to 2,391,261 total cases and statewide 26,538 deaths. That is a staggering number for the state of California and uh, only dwarfed by the federal and national numbers, which are um, in the last 24 hours, 201,980 New cases, so two hundred thousand in just one day. In just one day nationwide, and from a hundred thousand per day last month. Right, we're sort of plateauing there at two hundred thousand average cases nationally a day. With um, in the last twenty four hours, one thousand three hundred fifty three deaths nationwide. So, a very very grim massive, almost unfathomably large numbers for this pandemic in this moment. Um, But can you bring us back down to locally? What is happening here on the ground um, with the pandemic? And I know it's vaccines is pretty much the the news right now, right? Well, I was going to make an announcement that UVMC had some more vaccine for their employees, et cetera, but they just, I just got texts that they've run out of the vaccine. So they don't, so UVMC has used all the vaccine that they have. And I spoke with the county representative this morning, and they're awaiting vaccine, but haven't. it hasn't arrived. You know, I just got text by a friend, when can I get vaccinated? I'm over 75. That's in the top tier or the, you know, top 1B or whatever. But um, first we have to get the vaccine. We do not, this was not brought out like in Britain or other countries where there's a national Thing. It was just sent to the states, and you know it's hard. It's hard for public health and the hospitals, like they're already doing a lot, to say, okay, now we want you to be in charge of the vaccination program. I think that's a difficult um, task for public health and for the hospital. Well, it's isn't this going to be the biggest vaccination effort in the history of the world, but also in the history of the United States. So it's not like an incidental, hey, while you're doing other things, go ahead and get everyone vaccinated, right? And when you think about it, that's 750 million shots. 
right because everyone gets 30 two. days or six you know whatever two shots for almost 400 million people that's a lot of that's a lot of shots even if you do half that many i mean um it's it's a lot of vaccinations and um currently it's just the hospital and those nursing homes because the nursing homes had 40 percent of the deaths so far so that's a big area to emphasize the hospitals and the nursing homes but they're anticipating a hundred thousand deaths in january nationwide it was fifty thousand november sixty-three thousand in december and they're anticipating a hundred thousand deaths nationwide and then january which should push people to wear masks and get the vaccination we're getting to the point where you everyone knows someone at this point right it's it's enough it's become people. positive right how many deaths have we had nationwide it's over over 350,000 right. i'm not sure what the over 350,000 i mean um, the most and, overused and phrase of the pandemic grim milestone it's like we're all we have is grim milestones now yeah i don't know any uh, good news here to report um other than Northern California is still doing better than Southern California. Things have just melted down in Southern California and even just south of us. Uh, I have a friend working in the emergency room in Petaluma. You know, when you have ambulances at the doorstep and not enough personnel, it's, it's a very difficult situation. Is that what they're seeing even as close as Petaluma? Yes. Depending on the day. It isn't every day, but I'm just... I'm just saying that the the thing that concerns me, there are ICU beds at UVMC are full. Um, only three of them are COVID, but if you're having a heart attack or you're in septic shock, you'd like to have an ICU bed available. That's hard. Uh-huh. And so another thing that I'm hearing, too, is that I'm really surprised about this, but maybe I shouldn't be, is that there are um, people who are eligible to be vaccinated who are either hesitating or refusing the vaccine. Have you heard about this? Yeah, about a quarter of the people don't say they, even if it was deemed safe, they wouldn't get it. So I don't know. Um, a quarter, yeah, this new new article, if the vaccine was available and, and it was, you thought it was safe, would you get it? No, uh, I've spoken to relatives and friends this morning. And so I'm just saying that I don't think there's going to be a good portion of people that don't get vaccinated, but it's sort of like people that didn't get vaccinated from polio, you know, or tetanus or whatever. But I, I guess the thing that I'd like to tell people, you're not getting a live virus. This is a dead virus that's broken up into little particles, much like tetanus. Do you or your children have the tetanus shot? I don't see much difference. I got vaccinated. My arm was sore for a couple of days, nothing else. I get my second shot on the 11th, three weeks later. But um, if you have 100,000 deaths in a month, I would argue that that's a lot more dangerous than the vaccine. But I don't think the people are listening to any rational or medical argument. It's just that they're don't want to get the vaccine. You know, it's a personal decision. I don't I don't think it's something to convince people. My hopes are that enough people get infected, I mean, sorry, get vaccinated, that this will stop. Well, I have heard um, 
that there have been three adverse reactions in the county so far, um, and that's beyond just kind of the sore the sore arm. That um, that there one person had some nausea and vomiting, and two other people had moderate allergic reactions such as itching and rash. So nothing major, nothing life threatening, nothing that wasn't easily that, that remedied. could happen without the shot. Right. You know how many people. <laughs> I think the only thing that I've heard of is if you have anaphylaxis, that's when you, you lose your blood pressure, you essentially have a, a cardiac arrest. I mean, serious reaction from penicillin or some other vaccination. I would not get the vaccine if I'd had an anaphylactic reaction. Other than that, you know, I would get the vaccine. And, and um, the best place to go look for information is the CDC as far as if you want to know something about the vaccine, and then the California Department of Public Health, if you want to look for allocations, like when are the 75-year-olds going to get it, you know, phase 1B, that sort of thing. And remember that the radio will get, you know, announcements to be made to people when there's vaccine available, you know, here and there. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, we'd love to be announcing that, but um, so far we we don't have any announcements like that to make. Um, no. Nope. But we do have open lines and somebody's calling in. Let me go ahead and take that call, but also let you know that if you'd like to call in and join this conversation, ask a question of Dr. Trotter, it's 895-2448. So let's take our first call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. uh, I'd like to ask uh, Dr. Colfax um, kind of a puzzling question. Uh, My wife and I are living in different places right now, and... uh, I told her that I'm old enough so that uh, this vaccine, vaccine, I, I can get the vac, uh, I can get vaccinated, and she's saying that uh, if I get vaccinated and she's not vaccinated, that she, I will be like uh, a carrier, and yeah. um, there's a greater risk for her uh, right. to get COVID. So I want to find out uh, what Dr. Cook. Okay. I'll just say that my wife has not been vaccinated and I was vaccinated. I think the more interesting question, you know, I'm not worried about my wife getting it because I've been vaccinated. The question is to me, for the people that don't get vaccinated, can I be a carrier? Can I get get the virus from someone? I'm not getting my sick myself, but I could carry it around. One out of 10 people walk around with strep throat, but they're not sick. There's a 10% carrier rate of strep throat. So, and that has not been proved, that has not been shown what's what yet, whether or not you can carry it if you've been vaccinated. That hasn't been decided or proven. Okay, so we don't know for sure, for sure, whether or not you can carry the, the, the virus if you've been vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, don't know. Right. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's take another call. Oh, and by the way, everybody, this is Dr. Trotter, not Dr. Colfax. He's our guest host today. I'm not nearly as articulate as Dr. Colfax. (laughs) Oh, pshaw. And Dr. Colfax will be back on Wednesday. So let's take our next call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, pshaw. Oh, turn that radio off. So let's take our next call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Uh, I just want you to know that uh, this is Henry, and hi, Marvin, that um, that um, 
I just got vaccinated at the Adventist Church in Willet, excuse me, in uh, in Ukiah, and I, I heard a rumor and a rumor, and I ran down to the hospital to get uh, a vaccination, and there was a line. The place was like uh, crazy. They were cutting it off at two. I heard a rumor that it was taking place at the Adventist Church, and there were lines everywhere, and people were getting vaccinated. It was an assembly line. It was just great. It was terrific. It was very inspiring. They were trying to get family members of hospital patients, um, hospital employees. This was, this was everybody. It wasn't a dispensed to the church. It was um, Tracy Burris just left here to be one of, you know, people. To, they were looking for people to get vaccinations, but they went through all of the vaccines that they had. Yeah. Yeah. But I, okay. I think it was um, common folk, not just uh, not just old people, not just uh, okay. uh, medical you workers. You may know but something everybody. I don't know. And were you I vaccinated? Know. Yes, I was. And do you have family members who work at the hospital? Nope. Okay, I'm surprised. Me too. It was it, it was wide open. It was, um, I mean, there was everybody there. It was coronavirus vaccine, not a flu shot? God, I hope so. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll get our investigative reporting teams on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks a lot. Huh. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I think I think I don't think that's how it's supposed to go. I th- uh, talking to the county uh, today, everybody is just asked to be patient. There's no reason to call public health because public health can't answer all your questions. I think going to the CDC and California Department of Public Health, you know, lines is the best thing to do. Um, and, you know. If you have major health problems, talk to your physician, you know, or your provider so you can find out whether they're concerned about you getting the vaccine. That isn't something, there are some pre-screening questions that the CDC uh, or the Department of Public Health has. Um, You can go through a checklist about the questions. But to my knowledge, I had a friend who is um, seven months pregnant and she got vaccinated. You know, the latest I had heard is that the county is holding a vaccine clinic today, but it's it wasn't at the Adventist Church, and it was for people who were um, identified as 1As. They're still on the 1A tier that, that you know, emergency healthcare workers and emergency responders, uh, and those people are being contacted with appointments being made to come into the clinics. And unfortunately, they're not answering their phones. People are so bummed with all the stupid calls they get they're not answering their phones unfortunately right and so you had a message for ihss workers right to answer their phones so that they can get the, right. those appointments because yeah those... and you don't you know ihss workers what do they do they take care of sick infirmed people that wouldn't do well much like people working in a nursing home and that's why the ihss workers need to get vaccinated and so the way that that's happening is that the county whoever's uh, responsible for the rollout in the county is actually literally calling individuals who then they're Correct. finding aren't answering their phones. So, Correct. oh, you know, all the unintended obstacles that we find in our new information. You know, age. I was on disaster planning for the county as health officer for 12 years. And, you know, this is a very difficult, crazy time. Yeah, I'd love to hear about what public health is like when you're not in the middle of the worst pandemic in 100 years. But um, let's let's put a, put a pin in that conversation and take our next call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. 
Good afternoon. Um, I heard Dr. Trotter say he didn't know when the 75-plus population, the 1B population, will be able to be vaccinated. But can he tell us how? How do we get in the queue for that vaccination? Yeah, I do not know that question. Uh, I would like uh, the answer. I wish I knew. Um, I would think that there would be publicity through the radio, et cetera, as to when those vaccinations were available and where to go. Um, Andrea Davis just told me that there was some snafu with the cooling system, and therefore there was an emergency vaccine dispersal. And that's what happened at the church. And it all went away by 2 p.m. Oh. So, so there was some cooling thing that they had to get rid of the vaccine by a certain time. So they just called anybody nearby? They just post, yeah, posted a sign and had anybody around come. Wow. So Henry was right. That was what was going on. Yeah, there was some cooling system problem. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, have to keep, I did spend quite uh, a bit of time on the phone this morning trying to get the county COVID line and no answer there. Yeah. They asked this question. The, the, yeah, the county uh, public health department is pretty overwhelmed with phone calls. I would try to go to the CDC, listen to your radio, and then the California Department of Public Health. They, won't they can't give answer 100,000. information, will they? Yeah. Will they give county-specific information? You know, when they get the vaccine, my my they have a they have a emergency team at public health that has the sheriff's department, public health, you know, transportation, everybody in it. I'm sure that that's what they're preparing for. My hopes that they would take over the Alex Rohrbaugh Center gym, 10,000 square feet, get a big refrigerator and put out a sign. But I don't know how they're doing it. From my understanding, Walgreens and, you know, some of the pharmacies are going to be open and that's that's who this nursing homes are getting their vaccine from. But um I'm sure when they start vaccinating the general populace, there would be a lot of information put out. All right. Thanks for the call, caller. Let's take another call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Um, I'm also wondering how healthcare providers who are not affiliated with any institution get identified and get vaccinated. Just like the IHS workers, they're trying to get anybody that's associated. And all those people should know that they're that they need the vaccine. And I think they would contact the hospital if they were a provider or, you know, you know, the ambulance people. Interesting enough, uh, Dr. Lovato tells me that uh, think of all the ambulance drivers. Okay, none of the ambulance drivers in California have gotten infected from their work. It's been parties. Is that because they Just wear PPE show you on their, that, in their jobs? You know, these people are exposed to a lot of folks, but it's people that go to restaurants and parties and so-and-so that are spreading the disease. And it's not – I'm just saying, you'd think if, there was, if this was easily transmittable, half of the ambulance drivers would be out of business. So, Dr. Trotter, are you saying that people who are um, – Healthcare providers with direct access but are not associated with the hospital should still call the hospital to get on a list? I would. I still think they're trying to, to give shots to anybody that's in the healthcare industry, not just at the and, hospital. And would you know who that person is to call? Um, I would call 462-3111, 462-3111. Yeah. 
and ask that question. The operators at the hospital are very smart. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. I'll just tell you, I read another article that just broke out. 44 people got infected at the Kaiser San Jose ER in an outbreak that they're not quite sure how it happened. And the woman that takes your information before you go into the ER died of it. Oh, wow. So I'm just saying that, that, that think about getting vaccinated, not for yourself, for your family. Restaurants, houses, you know, parties, that's where this is happening. Uh, it's hard to have a small house with a big family and one person spreads it quite well in the house. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take another call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Thank you for the show. Uh, it seems like we're this lost planet over here in Wallala, Point Arena area, what we call the South Mendenoma Coast. We we have no hospital. There's one pharmacy in Wallala. I called them today. I'm a very medically vulnerable senior. They said the soonest they would get the vaccine is February and probably March. They know nothing. And they don't have any setup for, so you could sit for a half hour to see if you're going to have an allergic reaction. They said they'd have to work on that. They didn't even know about it. And there are no tests over here, none, zero. There's no vaccine and there's no tests. I'm afraid to even go to town for food. And no, I do not have a computer or anybody who will shop for me. Why aren't there tests here? Why is it so dysfunctional on the South Coast here? what we call the South Mendocino Coast, which is like Manchester down to past Sea Ranch and Sonoma County. But everybody goes to RCMS. But there's nothing here. And I'll hang up and listen to you on the radio. Thank you, Dr. Trotter. I'm no longer public health officer. I don't know. Uh, I would think that the clinic, in the clinic in Wallala, there's a very good clinic in Wallala. I would call them and ask them questions, but uh, certainly um, testing has been difficult, even at the fairgrounds. You know, you have a test on Wednesday and you don't know until Sunday whether you're positive or not. That's, you know, again, there's been no coordinated national effort. You know, when the president says this isn't a problem, you have issues. You know, you would have thought the army would be out. You would have thought there'd been a national effort like in Britain or something, but there isn't. And so it's broken up into the states. And I'm sure Northern California, considering people are dying like flies in Southern California, are not uh, high up on the list. The Southern California is two or three times the rate that we do. Um, you know, LA hospitals, some LA, I'll give you an example. A, a friend of mine that does palliative care that I may go help in February, they have a 250 bed hospital. 118 patients of those 250 have COVID. They have people in the gift shop on ventilators. They have multiple ambulances outside wanting to unload. You know, as she said, I've never seen this many people die. So I'm just saying that Southern California is completely overwhelmed. And uh, I'm sure that's why we're not getting much attention at the moment. 
All right. I have an update on the situation with uh, um, the Adventist Hospital. Apparently, according to the Mendocino Voice, and you can read it at mendovoice.com, there was a power failure for a freezer holding the county's ration of the Moderna vaccine. And they say that was 850 doses of the vaccine this afternoon in Ukiah. So uh, they immediately realized it would be necessary to distribute them all on an emergency basis. So uh, they started to make calls, send texts, and call in staff that was off, and they prepared to administer all the doses. It started at noon, and they um, grabbed people off the street, patients. This is, I'm reading from the Mendocino Voice, so this is by Adrian Fernandez-Baum, and you can read it at mendovoice.com. Uh, and they lined up, just like the caller said, and that was what was going on there, even though it sounded kind of crazy. That is what happened in Ukiah today, apparently. And, and that's why UVMC uh, took people out of their work, you know, nurses and practitioners out of their work to go. So they dispensed 800-something shots in two hours. Wow. Well, uh, hey, I'm, that's the I'm, fastest I'm, vaccine distribution we've had yet. And I'm tickled that they they you know, did it before the vaccine went bad. Right. I mean, that would be the worst case scenario, wouldn't it, of losing 815 doses? Right. Whew. Okay. Well, I hope they got people's information so they can follow up with them to give them the second shot. This is the local coronavirus update on KZYX. I'm Alicia Bales, and we have a guest host. Dr. Marvin Trotter is here giving us the latest that he knows about in the county with the uh, pan- pandemic response. And let's take our next call. Oh, it's 895-2448. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. I have a question about the vaccine. About 10 years ago, I had a reaction to a flu vaccine, a skin reaction. Um, I waited in the office. It went away. But they told me not to take the flu vaccine again. What about taking the COVID vaccine? Good question. I have no idea what to tell you. Um, I would probably, um, you know, if you're if you don't have, you know, depending on your age and your health problems, I would wait, you know, 30 days and see what happens until they have an answer for you. I would think that there would be millions of people getting this. Three to five percent of people have reactions from the flu vaccine. That's not unusual. What happened to you with the flu vaccine isn't unusual, and they're being just being cautious, you know. Um, I, I would doubt there's, I, you know, if they're giving it to pregnant women, I can't imagine that they're not going to give it to you, but I'd wait a month. There'll be a millions of people having had this and they ought to be able to tell you something about the flu vaccine. But is that sort of specific questions about if I'm an insulin dependent diabetic and I have a heart problem, or if I got problems with peanuts, I just don't know. Uh, try to get all your friends vaccinated so you'll be safe. Okay, so there's no clear answer. Okay. No clear answers, not to my knowledge. I I just want to, I'm going to take one minute to tell you what Roger Chetland told me about this disease. So just understand this. He says he's never seen something so difficult to treat, okay? If you're the ICU doctor, this isn't like H1N1 where you get adult acute respiratory distress syndrome where all your air cells get wet. You have strokes. A third of the patients hospitalized age 10 years brain-wise is caused brain fog. You get strokes, heart attacks. Multiple people get blood clots to their lungs. You get multi-organ dysfunction. Your kidneys go out. You know, 
this this is a widespread vasculitis where you you're inflaming the vessels of your body and be them in your brain or your lung or your heart it doesn't matter interesting enough vitamin d believe it or not uh mary told me about this and i looked it up i got an article emailed to me vitamin d somehow stabilizes the endothelial lining of your blood vessels which is the inside lining there's three layers to your blood vessels and somehow vitamin d helps so take some vitamin d and a multiple vitamin for, uh, that often has vitamin D in it. So I'm just saying that that this is not just a bad flu. When people have strokes, heart attacks, and blood clots to your lungs, as well as going to respiratory failure and die, you know, you're you're this this is a very difficult disease, and I would get vaccinated unless there's some obvious reason you can't. Right. That helps explain the numbers at the beginning of the program, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands of Americans who have died. Uh, it also does kind of inform the what we were talking about with the vaccine skeptics or the, the hesitant folks. It's like when you realize you're facing something like that, uh, maybe a little sore arm or a little nausea um, and vomiting, unlike an anaphylactic reaction, that's that's a big deal but um but this other stuff yeah it doesn't not seem to be a comparison um we have more calls do you want to take a few more calls do you have time okay okay let's go ahead and see what people have on their minds good afternoon caller you're live Uh, on the air do you want to take a few more calls turn that radio down oh yeah hi uh i am wondering about the current thinking about flying in an airplane uh, as compared to going to a party, say, uh, and the contagion factor. Okay. I've flown in an airplane. I'll tell you two good things. They have HEPA, HEPA filters in airplanes, which circulate out the any virus. It's very good. Uh, you know, a lot of people would wear their shield. Everyone is required to wear a mask. But there has not been anything I've read about outbreaks from air traveling. The, the wedding you go to or the birthday party you go to, I'm more worried about than getting on the airplane. I think the airplane's filters and everybody wearing a mask is pretty good. But, you know, you, you go to the grocery store. Um, anyway, okay, next. All right, thank you. thank you. Thanks a lot. We'll take another call. Hello, caller. Are you live? Are you there? You're live on the air. I'm here. Hi. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you for the show um, very much. Um, I have, a, I have a couple things um, to just comment on. Um, one, we used to have testing in, in the clinics in Mendocino County, and for some reason we lost that, and it was replaced by OptumServe, which has been entirely not um, very successful in getting out into all of our outlying areas. And I'm really concerned about the lack of testing that is available in our county. That's the one thing I'd like to say. That's the first thing I'd like to say. Second is, you know, what I understand is that the Latinx community is really the the big receiver of of this um, virus and and our vulnerable communities. And I'm wondering, I'm hoping that there will be more outreach into these communities that may not be getting the education the, about the need for the vaccine. And I'm wondering if Dr. Trotter has anything to say about that kind of outreach going into our more vulnerable communities and the ones that are really actually getting this um, and spreading this uh, virus. 
Thank you for, I'll take the call okay. off the air. Thanks. You know, good points. Uh, Charlie tells me that 70% of the people that are positive in Sonoma County are Latino and 60% in Mendocino County. Um, I think a lot of that is first line workers. Only 15% of Latinos have a job where um, um, they can stay at home and work on a computer. Um, and the other thing is, you know, you have lots of people in a house. It makes it for much, uh, you know, easier transmission. Um, and I'm sure they're being working towards some sort of Latino response, Spanish, et cetera, et cetera. My hopes is that once we get a lot of vaccinations, you would have large programs at the gymnasiums in each town, you know, some way to, to you know, broadly announce vaccinations and not have 800 vaccines you're calling people in two hours. Right. And it, you know, it's the, the disadvantage of being a monolingual Spanish speaker when something like that happens, you know, I wonder how much of their outreach their emergency immediate outreach could have been in Spanish. I hope I hope some of it was, but my expectation is that it was sort of, you know, the fastest and easiest they can do. And is, if they don't have bilingual folks in charge of it, I doubt that it would have been done in Spanish. I have a, a couple of pieces of information for that caller. One is that Mendocino Coast Clinics announced yesterday that they are restarting their free drive-through COVID-19 surveillance testing on Wednesday and Thursday. So Wednesday mornings and Thursday afternoons, as they used to do it uh, before the UCSF lab contract ended. Um, so they're starting January 6th, and it's testing for people on the coast who don't have symptoms. There's no cost, and you don't need to be a patient at MCC, uh, and you do not need to leave your car to be tested. You do need to call in advance and make an appointment, and that number is 964-1251. But again, Mendocino... Hey. Yes? Great. Oh, great. Yes, I thought you said wait. Uh, great. 964-1251. Yeah, that is really good news, and they were a wonderful resource for the coast. So that is coming back online. People can go to their own clinic again. Um, the other thing is is that I know that Mendocino County uh, has been talking about creating an ethics committee, uh, and, and that is supposed to address some of these questions about, you know, most vulnerable communities and getting vaccine to them. And one of the questions, yeah. of course, is the, the inmates at the jail, but it also Native American communities and Latinx communities locally. Um, but you work out at the Covalo Clinic, right? I, I heard something that the Native clinics are getting their dispensation of vaccines directly from the federal government. Do you know anything about that? That's probably true. But last week, they only had 100 vaccines for the clinic. So it's not a community-wide sort of thing. But it wouldn't surprise me if I they see. used the Indian Health Clinics to distribute it. And consolidated and tribal the, health. And the and county Indian did use Spanish health. speakers to call workers. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, good. So this is in the, the thing. I that just got a text. They happened. were using Spanish speakers. You've got call. informants all over the county giving us information. This is wonderful, Marvin. <laughs> all right. Um, it is 334. You want to take one more call? Okay. One more. Okay, let's do it. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask Marvin, um, what are the criteria they list for people with um, comorbid um, uh, disorders that would make them, even if they're under age, so to speak, uh, make them at a higher risk to 
get the vaccine along with other groups, and I'll take my answer after I hang up. Thanks, you guys. I I, I wish I was more verbose at at this. Colfax is back on Wednesday, and he knows everything. But I'll tell you that the people that are dying left and right are obese diabetics. If you're an obese diabetic, especially if you are black, Hispanics, Native American, um, the obese diabetics, they had four of them in the ICU a couple of months ago, and three of them died, and the other one was 34 and went to a long-term facility with a trach. I'm just saying, you, you, you're an obese diabetic. I would be very careful as to who I'm around until I can get the vaccine. And I would think that would be a priority, di- diabetics. All right. Thanks for that call, caller. And thanks to all the callers who called in. This has been a special edition of the local coronavirus update with guest host, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Thanks for stepping in today, Marvin. Well, my pleasure. I, I hope I made a passing grade. You know, uh, you know, I'm Drew does a good show. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, wait. And, one more thing. And tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., Cobb and I are doing phone and calls. Rather than have a specific speaker and and a, um, you can just call about anything, not COVID. I'm not good, you know. But if you want to talk about Parkinson's or HIV or insulin dependent diabetes or whatever, whatever Cobb wants to talk about, we're just going to have a call and show at 9 a.m. Yeah, so okay. that's Mind Body Health tomorrow morning from 9 to 10. You you can call in about anything health-related except COVID. Because I just don't know. I mean, I, I'm not an expert. It's but the okay, novel bye. coronavirus update. Well, well and also um, you could call in about your COVID-related anxiety and depression. Do you know that three times as many people have died of overdoses in San Francisco in the last six months than COVID? How many times? Three? Three times. My daughter, the psychologist, says that people are not doing well. You know, depression, anxiety, you know, being away from other people. You know, it's it's a very hard psychological thing that everybody's going through staying at home. Yeah, I think we're all definitely feeling that and trying to figure out how to keep our stamina. It's hard when it feels like the light's at the end of the tunnel, but the tunnel keeps getting further and further and further away. Like, we just don't know. Um, when we're going to get a chance to get vaccinated. Hopefully we'll have a better federal response soon and and have, you know, more wide open vaccination programs. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to that in 2021. Thanks a lot, Marvin. We'll listen to you tomorrow morning at 9. All right, bye. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.